Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tap Geeks podcast, uh, webcam edition. Um, we're just doing audio, of course. You can only hear us right now in your car, etc. Uh, my name is Kelly. My name's Ian. And uh, Ian, we have uh, a beer in front of us. Uh, we, Even though we are not in the same room, it, it is the same beer. And uh, we'll yes, get yes. right into that uh, after this theme song. Do it. So what do we got uh, in front of us today? So I saw a beer on the shelves at my local liquor store and it drew me in because I really like spacey uh, psychedelic stuff. And what also drew me in was that it was Alvarado Street collaboration, uh, which we don't see much of and I hear a lot of hype about. So I was just like, okay, so this is a must buy. Uh, apparently the brewery they're collabing with is called, uh, Barrier, Barrier Brewing. I've not heard anything from them, but it says they were established in 2009. Hmm. Uh, and this was brewed and canned by Barrier, uh, Oceanside, New York. That's hilarious. Uh, I saw Oceanside and thought California, but yeah. uh, Yeah, right. Right, right, right. (laughs) But yeah, uh, brewed with our friends Alvarado Street. It's a 6.9 uh, New England style IPA. Uh, it doesn't actually reveal much on the can except for its exquisite art artwork. Uh, really nice, really nice graphics. Uh, but I have the untapped pulled up. Uh, so uh, it's brewed with Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, and Racao. Okay. Uh, dry hopped a second time. I'm not sure exactly what that means. So I'm guessing that means it's double dry hopped. I was going to say, is that like the, the, the new way of like, or a funny way <laughs> of saying oh, it's, it's, we dry hopped it a second time. No, it's not, it's not double dry hopped. We just did it twice. <laughs> no idea. Okay. But uh, it's a 6.9 percenter. Uh, apparently has no IBUs. So I'm interested, uh, and now I, I am going to proceed to smell it. Barrier Brewing Company. Uh, of course, we haven't heard of it. It's it's uh, in New York. I'm on their website right now. Um, it looks like uh, they're pushing something that's kind of brewed and can at Barrier Brewing Company, Oceanside, New York. Drink it fresh. Drink it now. Money IPA. They're pushing this thing called Money. It's got this guy so, with like, these incredible grills in his teeth and. <laughs> some big chains and shit looks like uh, the the crazy kind of art style of the can is inspired by the artist that's doing the cans over at uh barrier uh just just based on the the look of their website um, okay it seems like uh not to say that alvarado street hasn't you know been you know really artistic with a lot of their stuff either but I, but I get it, you know the, the can a little bit more after taking a look at this website here so but yeah. I, but I can't say for sure what are you getting on the nose? I'm getting um, a, a highly, highly sweet um, 
nose with uh with like a you know pithy undertones um so when i when i i've already tasted it but when i was smelling it i'm like okay i'm expecting this this has no ibus you know what i'm hoping that this is this isn't a style of beer that you and i are particularly fond of but we're trying to find our um styles that we like that are like this so this is that's why that's why i grabbed it um actually i didn't even know it was a hazy i just grabbed it because i figured it was a hazy but i just grabbed it because it was cool but um so the can say it's a hazy ipa the can no it doesn't actually um it just says india india pale ale Interesting. This is, this is a new trend I'm I'm finding with yeah. 16 ounce can culture. Um yeah. if you can even call it that. Um but yeah, these these small breweries that are just calling them IPAs but they're not calling them hazy and I I really want to one of these days get a chance to interview some of these people that are making these cans. I mean, by, by all means if you know anybody um it, listeners, if you if you know anyone who knows anyone or et cetera, et cetera, you know, at any of these breweries that have made an IPA in a 16 ounce can that was hazy, but they didn't label it as hazy. I'm so curious as to what the motivation is. Um, I I am too, because, um, because for guys like you and I, it's kind of misleading for us. I want to know what I'm getting myself Uh, into. Cause we're, 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 I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're snobby as hell when it comes to, when it comes to just beer in general nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like we're opening up to a lot more styles. You know, we're not just like, Oh, it's gotta be IPA. It's gotta be IPA anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like we're opening up to more styles, but I feel like we are snobbier than ever. Uh, but I, I also feel like I'm more open-minded than ever too. But that being said, usually I wouldn't be particularly fond of a juice bomb like this. Uh, and it's not even as cold as I'd like it to be right now. It could be, it could stand to be a little bit colder. Sure. But, but you know what? I'm not finding it. It, it, it's super uh, cloudy. Like this is one of those, you cannot see through pores. Right. Uh, but I'm not finding it chalky and I'm super happy about that. Uh, I feel like I, I, I just recently finished the abyss and I feel like this, like it's funny. Cause like from up here in the ocean, you can still see light in the glass. And then if yeah. you that, that ocean reference, as you go further down the glass, when you hold light to the top of this glass, light does not penetrate to a certain point toward the bottom. And like, <laughs> you, you've, you've used that ocean reference before. And I really like that. Yeah. And uh, doubly, doubly kudos for finally, uh, for finally getting to to revisit the the abyss. <laughs> I I feel like I've only seen bits and pieces of that film as as a kid, and uh, and and so finally I sat down, like kind of kind of knowing the gist from what I've seen as a kid, uh, the, seeing it all the way to the end. Um, like as, as a whole piece, like not just little pieces. I mean, like, wow, it, it, it really did feel like I, I, I knew nothing about that movie that I thought I did, you know? Uh, but, but I'm, I'm kind of going on like the full James Cameron, like 
timeline right now. So, so a lot yeah. of my references will be about that in the coming months, but uh, <laughs> that's fine. It's more than fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, when it comes to hazy IPAs like this uh, yeah, sometimes you just can't see all the way to the bottom. And uh, typically, like you were saying, like, I don't like styles like this. Um, yeah, it's a little bit warmer. Yeah, you can't see through it. Yeah, it's a total juice bomb. But you know, what's funny is for the first time in a while, I actually find this drinkable because typically this is not what I've been gravitating towards lately. No. In fact, a lot of haze I've been turned off by. And and I will say that this is pretty drying um, uh, and, and a little bit more than I'm like in the mood for currently. But uh, uh, typically, like, uh, I don't know, uh, beers like this, I mean, there's been a lot of drain pours lately, and I just don't find this to be a drain pour. It's actually no. pretty drinkable. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's drying, but it's not chalky. And that's, that's I'm okay. Uh, honestly, when the, like, if this was, like, ice, ice cold, that drying effect would just feel great right now. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to Sunny Delight. Uh, I, growing up, I loved the flavor of it, but it always gave me like this, like pseudo sore throat after I drank it. And that's what mm. some of these, uh, IPAs do to me. Uh, some of these hazy IPAs, uh, it's, it's actually already kind of happening. Uh-huh. Um, but the more, the more I sit with this beer, the more I appreciate it. Uh, and the malt definitely isn't detracting from, uh, the flavors of the hops. And like, I find, I find like sometimes the, the malt bill is like, it kind of, kind of brings out the sickly sweet flavor in these beers. And that kind of leads for me to just like not drink them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, which is unfortunate. And this is, this is definitely a, a win for me. So I'm glad. Yeah, if you like juice bombs, um, I recommend this. Um, in fact, I just I recommend Alvarado Street. Um, the, a lot of their beers come highly rec- uh, rated. Um, of the ones I've had, they've all been drinkable. And yeah, it's my first impression of this other brewery um, from New York, and it's a, it's a good impression. Um, and again, like my personal my personal preference lately has been west coast styles but yeah. uh right now in this particular moment i'm i'm digging on this right now so not bad i'm digging on it it's um it's definitely a mood beer for me like um we have another beer in store so i'm kind of glad it's, it's kind of like opposite to this <laughs> yeah uh but yeah like there's there's honestly not too much more to say about it it's um uh, it's very juicy. You get a lot of grapefruit, um, and it's drinkable. Hell yeah! Can't yeah, complain. boy. Can't complain with any of that. Six point nine percent. I was wondering about crazy. that. And what was the average on tap rating again? Um, it's nearly four. Uh, so the average is three point nine seven. Uh, with 1,632 check-ins. Got it. Uh, 138 in the last month. So uh, it's good. It's good for you. Yeah, <laughs> anything, good. Any, anything over 1,000 clock-ins and it gets a four. Uh, usually, usually it's decent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, typ- but, um, typically. Unless, I don't know. 
it's it's a it's uh it's a strange landscape the the beer review landscape because beer drinkers uh i don't know like between the people that rate things and the people that don't rate things all of us uh it's it's like I we have a show about beer and I don't check in on Untapped. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yet I use it as a resource. <laughs> and I and I only check in uh, to the things I like usually. So mm-hmm. it looks like I'm incredibly biased. And I really mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a lot of like uh, you know I honestly I only drink whales. I'm pretty yeah yeah it looks it looks like that <laughs> and it, it, or, or, or whatever but. Uh, but um, I, I honestly don't even have a lot of friends on Untapped, so it doesn't really matter anyway. But uh, but I need to start because there there was a couple of beers that I, I just like I need I need to badly review this because everybody's buying this and everybody's hyping about this and it is a terrible beer. <laughs> um, so I try to do my civic duty in the world of beer. There's trash um, out there, man. There's trash a, floating in the water. Dude, there's a lot of trash being wrapped up in gold and sold for like worth more than its weight in that. And uh, it's not it's not fair to like, you know, some smaller breweries who like really pour their soul into making something really amazing. There's definitely some shit bags out there that have poured fucking like pizza flour into like their hazy IPA and fucking turn around and try to have retailers sell it at, you know, $22 a four pack and, and, you know, selling kegs for $350 or some crazy shit like that. Like, you know, there's all kinds of stories out there like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, there is some stuff where like, you know, it's top notch. I mean, like, is it worth those prices? I don't know. I'm not a brewer. I don't know what it costs to make those things. I, I wish I did. Right. But you know, we're all, you and I were always learning. Right. And, and those things we were, you know, we're not very well versed in. So if anybody wants to school us, I welcome them. But, um, but are they worth those things? I don't know. Are there some things where it's definitely not worth that price? Fuck yeah, there is. Some of these six ninety nine, seven ninety nine cans, you know, like I feel like we're beating a dead horse here, uh, you know. But there's there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and some of these cans, yeah. it's the fifty fifty shot. Um, I feel like when I buy a beer, a single beer from a beer company I'm unfamiliar unfamiliar with, or some collaboration with two breweries that I've never heard of before, you know, like the. I feel like I have the same luck buying a $5 scratcher at the same liquor store. You, you know? might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might as well buy one while you're buying. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, like if I, if I wanted, like, I know this is like ex- just being a little extreme, but if I wanted a two eleven, I'd only spend two bucks on it. <laughs> Cause some of those, that's what that tastes like. Yeah. It tastes like rancid malt. And I'm just like, I, I'm not having this. It's just chalky, acidic. Uh, yeah. When they're really acidic and there's no reward. I can I can uh, accept some acidity with, 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 with some rewards, but when uh-huh. it's just acidic, oh. We call that cheater beer. Oh, we call that chalk vomit bile. <laughs> Ugh. Ooh, no, it's not good. Well, speaking of things that give you the heebie-jeebies. 
Uh, we got another treat for you. From Bigfoot. Oh. From Chemical X. Thank you. <laughs> Is that what they're going for with Brewery X? Are they going for that, that Racer X? Like we're no we're idea. the we're the we're the anti-heroes. I don't know. I mean, how do you stand out today in such a, a flooded market, right? Flooded flooded on the coasts, right? I mean, like yeah. uh, East Coast, West Coast, there's, there's a lot of uh, breweries on the coastlines and, uh, and all throughout the U.S. But I mean, particularly California, there's a, or the West Coast rather, I mean, there's just a fuckload of breweries. Um, California, if I'm not mistaken, having uh, the most, if not Colorado, yeah, uh, I know Probably like tied. Washington or, or, or Portland's up there too. too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, and maybe I'm biased. I'm sure I am, but I mean, like when it when it comes to that uh, that info, I mean, like I don't know how how do you stand out amongst all of that um, in a pre-COVID world? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, right? So yeah, you really got to appeal to your local market, um, and you got to have a cool name, and I feel. Like uh, what they're doing, I, I don't really get. I don't really get their branding scheme, like beer to beer. Like from, it's it's all over the place. It's kind of all over the place. Where it's like yeah. you know you got a, you got a brewery like a like Stone. It's like you know there's a you know very clear branding scheme there. Yeah, and obviously they've been around for a long time, so that's a different story. Um, but uh, like a Sierra Nevada, uh, you know a pretty pretty clear branding scheme on most of their things. They they do some fun things here and there, etc. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, New Belgium. Again, I'm I'm naming places that have been around for a while. It's 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 nothing. Uh, it's nothing bad to be all over the place. It's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. But a lot of places, what I'm saying is they found their footing yeah. with like a, a theme overall, and it seems like these guys aren't. And maybe that fits into your idea for their name, where there is no you know overall theme like like Bottle Logic has an overall yeah. theme for for most of their beers. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah just a brewery just down the street from brewery X. Yeah. So, but, uh, again, I've not spoken to anybody that works for the brewery about it, but just from the outside looking in, it seems like things don't have a, a like-minded theme beer to beer. Uh, but this is also super early days. What have they been open for like what a year and a half? Yeah. Like if that, and they're already cranking out like some pretty cool stuff. So, Right on. Well, um, I got to pause for just a second. If yeah, you'll just bear with me one sec. Of course. And we are back from the break. Um, so, uh, Ian, would you like to describe the can that we have in front of us here? I sure would. Um, because Kel, Kel and I had, before I get into the description, but just real quick, uh, Kyle and I have been really digging on uh, Brewery X's uh, uh, lager. The oh, uh, Panda Pool Panda Party. Pool Party. We're, Fuck just yeah. we're just obsessed with it. And they do really good lagers. Really good lagers. And uh, we weren't too keen on their hazy IPA that we tried in theirs. And, and look at the, he, Kel's already got a pour and he's showing me. And it's, it's what we love. <laughs> it's what we love to see which is just clear as fuck IPA. Um, so I saw this on the shelf and I saw 
that it was a West Coast. And then I was just like, okay, so I got to try this um, because it's called Savage in the Mist IPA. And it's got an image of what appears to be Bigfoot uh, from the original OG, like a, like a still from the original OG Patterson film, which is like the most famous, uh, you know, Bigfoot footage to date and uh, has never been disproven or proven for that matter. But it is like, it is like considered to be the highest, um, probably like, if Bigfoot exists, like this would be the footage of it. Uh, because the way it moves, it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to pull it off and I have to pour this beer because we've been sitting on it for a while because we've just felt like, you know, this episode should be special because <laughs> like we were drunk and excited about Bigfoot, Hell yeah. especially, especially me. <laughs> but, um, you know, time constraints, all kinds of shit going on. Um, I decided that maybe we should just talk about the Patterson film since it is the most famous, uh, quote unquote footage of Bigfoot there, you know, that exists. All I know about the film is, uh, that it is the most iconic, you know, quote unquote footage of Bigfoot. Um, and what's funny about it is that like, it's so referenced in so many things that it is kind of easy, although it's not proven, it is kind of easy to just picture, you know, like a soccer dad in that suit. Oh yeah. Like a dad bod. Yeah. Like it's totally dad bod on, on upright dad bod. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There, there is a, a description off on the back of the can here though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. away from the beer too much uh it says savage in the mist ipa now uh we thought this was going to be a hazy ipa going in and as of the time of this recording it's only a little over a month old about about five weeks actually uh so that's typically for a west coast style ipa it's not that long oh um, you thought it was a hazy no i knew it was a west coast oh see i didn't know that yeah and uh, <laughs> And and I, I just thought like I must know, have looked it up or something. In the mist, you know, like I thought, okay, in in the you would you would you you would assume, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that beer savage, a human-like creature believed by most people to exist within all of us. It's a feeling, an uncontrollable urge that represents how we feel when uh, needing a frothy brew. Uh, yeah, I get that way about two p.m. Uh, <laughs> the beer savage has been caught lurking deep in the misty forest, seeking the freshest ingredients for this West Coast IPA. Well, I guess if I just read the can, I would have known. <laughs> he snagged bushels of Simcoe, Mosaic, Citra, and Amarillo to give a clean, crisp, and unforgettable feeling of channeling your inner savage. Beer me, it says. Brewery X at brewery-x.com. Uh, Instagram at brewery underscore X. Wow, that's bold. Uh, they went for the underscore. Um, and, uh, oh, and they're actually, this, so this is a collaboration. Uh, with Beer Savage, with yeah. Beer Savage, yeah, okay. Uh, Beer Savage is uh, on Instagram, at Beer Savage. Um, so check them out. Uh, 7% alcohol. I got to be honest with you, if I'd known this was a West Coast, um, I would have bought the whole pack. Uh, the, the, the last, oh, really? <laughs> the, the last Brewery X uh, West Coast style IPA, Oh, I actually saw, I saw a pack today. 
Oh, really? When I was oh. out and about, they're still out there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, some sometimes just like Bigfoot. No, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, well, tell me more about this Patterson footage, though, um, as you call it, which I'm learning that for the first time. Definitely. I didn't know that it was called that. I, I assumed it had a name. Yeah, how infamous it is. But you are the expert in this room here. I'm far from an expert, but I I am um, impassioned when it comes to the unknown. Uh, because like, you know, I'm all, I'm all about being scientific minded and, you know, worrying about things that you can't explain isn't, you know, super helpful to the progression of the, the human species, but nuts to that, it intrigues me. So, uh, I like learning about it. It's an entertaining, it's a form of entertainment for me. And, uh, yeah, you know, I love. I think I think out of all paranormal occurrences, uh, cryptids might be my favorite thing, and uh, that's what Bigfoot is considered. It's considered a cryptid, which is basically just a fancy way of putting uh, an undiscovered animal or an animal of lore. Uh, at one point, gorillas were considered to be cryptids. Hmm. Uh, they were there because they're they're just so remote. And like, you know, seeing one, you know, was very rare back in the day. And uh, they used to be known as the dreadful pongos. They would come and steal your wife and take her away into the night. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so the Patterson uh, dash uh, Gimlin film, also known as the Patterson film or the PGF. uh, And I'm reading directly off of the fucking wiki. So, oh, okay. Uh, it's an American short motion picture of an unidentified subject, which the filmmakers have said was a Bigfoot. Uh, the footage was shot in 1967 in Northern California. <clears throat> God, I love Northern California. That that forest is just so beautiful. What what part of Northern California does it say specifically? It doesn't uh, yet, uh, but it's it probably will. So. Mm. Shot in Northern California and has since been subjected to many attempts to authenticate or debunk. Uh, the footage was filmed alongside Bluff Creek, uh, a tributary of the Klamath River. So Bluff, it was shot alongside Bluff Creek, wherever that is, a tributary to Klamath R- River, about 25 logging road miles northwest of Orleans, California, <clears throat> in Del Norte County. Del Norte County, huh? Yeah. Uh, the film site is roughly 38 miles south of Oregon and 18 miles east of the Pacific Ocean. So this is like exact coordinates. So oh, if you want to wow. go there. <laughs> uh, I would love to go there. As many before uh, have, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like going out to Vasquez Rocks or something. Um, uh, for decades, the exact location of the site was lost primarily because of regrowth of foliage Sorry, I got the beer burps uh, no, in, the, in the streamed after the after the flood of 1964. It was rediscovered in 2011. That was not that long ago. Uh, it is just south of a north running segment of the creek, informally known as the Bowling Alley. Uh, the filmmakers were Roger Patterson uh, and Robert Bob Gimlin. Uh, Patterson died of cancer in 1972 and maintained right to the end that the creature on the film was real. 
So on his deathbed, he was just like, that's just real. <laughs> uh, wow. Patterson, yeah. Uh, Patterson friend Gimlin has always denied being involved in any part of a hoax with Patterson. Uh, Gimlin mostly avoided publicly discussing the subject uh, from at least the early 1970s until about 2005, uh, except for three appearances, when he began giving interviews and appearing at Bigfoot conferences. Uh, The film is 23.85 feet long, uh, preceded by 76.15 feet uh, of horseback footage. Uh, see, that's that's what's so funny to me. It's just like <sighs> some of the most believable paranormal uh, found footage things. They're filming something that has nothing to do with uh, with with what happens. Uh, it, yeah, it's like some of these things are just so intriguing. But and this was this was in fucking what, what did it say? Nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. So it's like they were not planning this. That's that's another thing that intrigues me. Or it, it, like if they were. I mean, God only knows, but anyways. Well, you think they would have gotten like, you know, like a clean film canister, right? Yeah, you're like, right. <laughs> it was just like, oh, well, you know, there's three minutes of Gloria getting the groceries. We're testing out the camera and then, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just so casual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so it runs for about 59.5 seconds at 16 frames per second. If the film was shot at 18 FPS, as Grover Krantz believed, the event lasted 53 seconds. Uh, the date was October 20th, 1967, according to the filmmakers, although some critics believe it was shot earlier. Hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's a whole lot to be said. I'm just going to read the, uh, the encounter por- portion real quick, if I can sure. sneak it in there. Uh, As their stories went, in the early afternoon of Friday, October 20th, Patterson and Gimlin were riding generally northeast upstream on horseback along the east bank of Bluff Creek. At some time between 1.15 and 1.40 p.m., they came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a turn in the creek, almost as high as a room. When they rounded it, there was a log jam, a crow's nest, left over from the flood of 64. And then they spotted the figure behind it nearly simultaneously. It was either crouching beside the creek to their left or standing there on the opposite bank. Gimlin later described himself as in a mild state of shock after first seeing the figure. Uh, Patterson initially estimated the height at six feet, six inches, uh, and later raised the estimate to about seven feet, six inches. Uh, Some later analysts, anthropologists, Grover Krantz among them have suggested Patterson's later estimate was about one foot uh, too tall. Uh, Gimlin's estimate was six feet. Uh, The film shows uh, what Patterson and Gimlin claimed was large, was a large, hairy, bipedal, ape-like figure with short silvery brown or dark reddish brown or black hair covering most of its body, including its prominent breasts. So it's it's believed to be, and when you when you enhance the footage, you clearly see breasts. Uh, so it's considered to be a female figure, and its its hips are very wide too, uh, which also helps like suggest this. Uh, the figure in the film generally matches the descriptions of Bigfoot offered by others who claim to have seen one. Uh, Patterson estimated he was about twenty five feet seven. Uh, yeah, twenty five feet. I don't know why I'm breaking down the metrics, but anyway, 
uh, away from the creature at his closest. Uh, Patterson said that his horse reared upon seeing the figure and spent about 20 seconds extricating himself from the saddle, controlling his horse, getting around his its other side and getting his camera from saddlebag uh, before he could run toward the figure while operating his camera, he yelled, cover me to Gimlin, meaning to get the gun out. <laughs> <laughs> Gimlin crossed the creek on horseback after Patterson um, had run well beyond it, riding on a path somewhat to the left of Patterson and somewhat beyond his position. Uh, Perez estimates he came within 60 to 90 feet of Patty. Okay, so they nicknamed this particular Bigfoot Patty. Huh. Fun fact. Uh, then rifle in hand, he dismounted but did not point his rifle at the creature. The figure had walked away from them to, uh, to a distance of about 120 feet before Patterson began to run after it. The resulting film, about 59.5 seconds long at 16 FPS, is initially quite shaky until Patterson got about 80 feet from the figure. At that point, the figure glanced over its right shoulder at the men and Patterson fell to his knees. On Krantz's map, this corresponds to frame 264. To researcher John Green, Patterson would later characterize the creature's expression as one of contempt and disgust. You know how it is when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game? That's the way it felt. (laughs) That is hilarious. Shortly after this point, the steady middle portion of the film begins containing the famous look back frame 352. Patterson said it turned a total of, I think, three times. The other times, therefore, being before the filming began and or while he was running with his finger off the trigger. Shortly after glancing over its shoulder on film, the creature disappeared behind a grove of trees for 14 seconds then reappeared in the film's final 15 seconds after Patterson moved 10 feet to a better vantage point, fading into the trees and being lost to view at a distance of 265 feet as the reel of film ran out. Gimlin remounted and followed it on horseback, keeping his distance uh, until, until it disappeared around a bend in the road 300 yards away. Patterson called him back at the point feeling vulnerable on foot without a rifle because he feared the creature's mate might approach. The entire encounter had lasted less than two minutes. Uh, next, Gimlin and Patterson rounded, rounded up Patterson's horses, which had run off in the opposite direction, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then they got, you know, the footage. Wow. And that, and that, and that frame that they talk about is the frame that we see on the can here yeah that's the infamous kind of like doing the doing the walking like the egyptian yeah you know, walk like an egyptian the, the, like the, fucking, the typical like uh you know like uh ape like yeah or or like whenever you see a sticker for like um like a uh like bigfoot like like i believe or like uh uh great divide does this too for their yeti imperial yeah. style it's, we'll it's we'll have cute. to re, we'll have to revisit a Yeti beer, and like uh, do a whole like cryptid segment. Ooh, yeah! Episode idea alert. Yeah. I'm sitting on a we'll have to get oak aged Yeti can, 19 ounce. That's coming up on being a year old pretty soon. 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should open that and talk about Yetis. <laughs> I agree. Because they're, they're, the sighting, like the the number of sightings is um, is astronomical. And and every single lore in, in human history has a Yeti, has a Bigfoot. Interesting. Uh, but uh, all I got to say is this beer is fantastic. This, this is okay. Yeah, we do have to talk a little bit about the liquid. It's yeah, this is great. a chewy West Coast. It's uh for for being canned five weeks ago. Now, granted, we bought these from liquor stores that had them cold. Now, I don't know if they were delivered that way, but I hope they were. Um, and we brought them straight home, kept them cold until now. They kept never them saw cold sunlight despite despite canned. a fridge malfunction. <laughs> That is true, but we kept them on ice during. Oh the, hell uh, yeah! Yeah, our fridge went down. Oh, son yeah. of a bitch! For like <laughs> two weeks. Ugh. It was oh. rough. Yeah, I lost. But we kept these motherfuckers cold. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, yeah, we kept the beers cold the whole time. So, yeah. so despite that, yeah, no, these these turned out just fine. It it is chewy West Coast with a great aroma. Um, I'm not getting any off flavors or anything like no, that at all nothing i mean it's 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 something that it's been done before uh which which is always a hard feat it's always a hard feat to repeat something that somebody else has done and it's done it's done well so good job yeah no a hell of a job on yeah. this i wouldn't mind uh having another one um yeah <laughs> i recommend i'm glad we both had one <laughs> Yeah, no, me so too. We, we didn't have to share one. <laughs> so I remember, I remember, I pulled the trigger on it. We weren't so sure about it, and and then finally, it was just like, well, let's each get one and 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 do some Yeti stuff, and yeah, and that's and that's how we landed on this. So, but uh, Ian, thank you very much for uh, a wonderful read through, and I learned a lot actually, and um, I'd like to learn more. I do like the idea of getting some Great Divide Yeti uh, special. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some stuff out there. I'm trying to get uh, our friend Bovi from um, from Analog Podcast. From Analog, yes. Yeah, Come I think it, I think that would be I think that would be wonderful. We'll we'll he'd hit. Be, up I, he'd, I have a feeling he'd be our like, uh, especially me because I'm I'm the one who promotes the uh, the more out there stuff, and he he's definitely more scientific minded than me. But uh, I feel like he might he, I, I might come out with some out there shit, and he might we might clash a little bit. You might which, pick up which, what you're laying down. Which, which would be fun. Uh, and that being said, real quick, I just want to say that I find, like I said, I find cryptids fascinating. And I do like to entertain the thought that, you know, big big feet might exist. Uh, that being said, <laughs> uh, its it would be a truly anomalous feat for them to exist. Uh, because as, as anthropologists, Ecological history shows us there's no uh, pre-Homo sapien fossil finds uh, in this part of the world. So it's an oddity for sure. Um, but stranger things have happened. <laughs> what a wonderful hobby to like, I mean, like if you're a Bigfoot enthusiast, like to hang out in the Pacific Northwest camping, right? Yeah. Fucking oh man. Like, even I'm, like just, even, I'm craving a camping trip right now too. So that just sounds oh, yeah. awesome. Also a little horrifying. Right? And we we've all experienced like uh, I 
like, well, at least I have. I know a lot of people who have experienced unexplainable things during camping trips. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily seeing big Bigfoot or or Yetis or werewolves, you know, giant praying mantises, whatever. I don't know, <laughs> whatever people see out there. But I do know the woods are deep and dark and should not be tread upon alone at night. And uh, this is a damn good IPA. Hell yeah. The wildest thing that ever happened to me on a camping trip, I was I was like, if I had to guess my age, I was like maybe 11. And uh, I, my, my dad was on the can and we and it was like kind of like a, an out in the middle of nowhere campsite, right? And in, in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And uh, I, I just remember this this deer just like came into our campground, like just fearlessly, not worrying about everything. Wow. You know, like, like like people or anything. And this deer just comes into the campsite and meet makes eyes with me. And it's maybe like four or five feet away from me and just makes eyes at me. And I look at it and it looks at me. And then my dad rustles out of the, like, we had like a portable toilet. Right. So like, he's like getting out of that and it scares the thing off. And I was like, dad, there was a deer. And he was like, yeah, sure. There was like, <laughs> <laughs> like he just had to take my word for it. You know, like he didn't see it. He's like, just, like, great kid. Don't get cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it, truly, I don't remember his reaction, but I, I remember him being like, Oh, like, well, I didn't see it. So cool. Cool story, bro. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the wildest thing that ever happened to me on a camping trip. Where I was just like, "Oh, fucking deer, it's fucking well, right there." But it, but uh, Bigfoot, I could imagine if you even thought remotely that one of these these things was is, was near you, right? Like, yeah, like pre Neanderthal hominid. You know scary. what I mean? It that's that's terrifying. Yeah, and that's like, that's like that's literally like seeing an alien. Because what's what's scarier? Because like if you see a bear, it's like okay, people are like, be loud, fucking run, right? Like yeah, you, know, you could you know, there's options, I guess. I don't know. I mean, seeing a bear face to face might be equally terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. You're right. Yeah, I can't because the bear. bears just don't like. They're just like this thing's in my territory. I'm gonna kill it. Usually, the eyewitness accounts of Bigfoot is like, I'm scared of you. I'm gonna run. And, yeah. you know, they don't usually fuck with you, but animals, you know, not, not to say it's not an unintelligent animal, but, you know, if they're scared, they're going to, they're going to defend themselves, you know, but, uh, who, you know, who knows? I, I know for me, the woods hold uh, a power. Uh, like when you, when you're in the woods at night, there's, there's, there's a, there's a dense aura. And uh, it's to me, to me, it's a very magical place. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I, I really like to entertain the thought that uh, these creatures might be out there and they're just very elusive. Um, That's what we do. We very we elusive, very podcast. intelligent. <laughs> uh, just like good beer, you know, it could be very elusive. Yeah. No, we, t- we take the, we take the Yetis and we go, we go to the site. And we camp there, and we do the Yeti podcast on site podcast. I like it. We can do it. It's it's doable. It's absolutely doable. We take a weekend. Hell yeah! 
Why not? I need a fucking camping trip. With that being said, <laughs> Ian, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thanks um, for sharing these beers with me, dog. Thank you for sharing the stories with me, man. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to the next. Uh, you said cryptid? Cryptid, yeah. That's cryptid what episode. that's what these kinds of creatures are known as, like uh, the chupacabra, the mothman, uh, werewolves. All there, dude. There's all kinds of crazy sightings, uh, and and not everybody could be on acid, right? So you gotta believe some. <laughs> you gotta believe some of these things. Like I've heard, I've heard people talk about like frog people, <laughs> just just human sized frogs walking around, just like what's up. <laughs> these are some of my favorite episodes of the x files yeah like, exactly yeah messy Nessie's another one fucking a uh i love that shit man well it's just it's I, just under, it's just undiscovered country man that's all it is you know it's funny we act like we know everything about the universe and there's so much about our own world that we don't know about yeah you know, whether it's real or not, there's still so much shit about the world that we don't know about. Like, like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's so much about our own fucking oceans that we don't know about. It's like, holy shit. And it's right under our yeah. feet. Shit is wild, man. I highly recommend Brewery X Savage IPA. Um, I We didn't look it up on Untapped, unfortunately. Uh, so. I did. There's not that many check-ins. Uh, really? And it... Yeah, uh, it gets a, from what I could tell, it gets a four. That's pretty high. Right? Uh, but only 218 check-ins, so. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe we're very lucky. So, well, you know, if you didn't have a chance to check out this beer, check out Brewery X. They're in Anaheim, and they do put out some stuff in the local area. They are kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, putting their stuff in, in local liquor stores in the Southern California area. So so reach out, look where you can find it. Um, uh, we recommend it. Uh, and until next time, uh, and I do want to touch upon this subject again, so hold us to it. Uh, I think we should definitely get some uh, Great Divide Yeti. And if you have anything else that's themed, um, you know, maybe we can talk about a beer that's also kind of themed for this sort of thing. Uh, I'm sure those beers are out there. Shoot them our way. Uh, yeah. You know, give us some suggestions. We'd love to drink it on the air and uh, and talk about it further. Uh, until next time, you can find us at www.tapgeeks.tv, T-A-P-G-E-E-K-S.tv. That's going to take you to our YouTube channel right now where you're going to find some uh, new video. Uh, so we're doing a little bit of that. You can uh, find us at uh, Instagram, at tapgeeks. And uh, that's pretty much it for right now. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you want to share that with your Apple-using friends, your non-Apple-using friends, uh, you know, uh, share with a friend. It, it helps us out a whole bunch. And write us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll give you a shout-out. Um, Ian, thank you for joining me, and we'll catch you guys next week. It's been a pleasure. Peace. Late.